Botswana. Green Room. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is entertainment news. This is from Axios.com. The headline is, Board of Binging Weekly Streaming Releases Are on the Rise. I, this, I brought this as a discussion. Okay. I'm going to read what it says and... We will discuss. Okay. <laughs> Consumers and streamers are gravitating towards shows that are released weekly as opposed to binge-watching shows that are released all at once, mm-hmm. according to recent data provided exclusively to Axios uh, from Parrot Analytics. I see. Streamers are no longer competing against traditional TV for consumers' attention. They're competing against each other. Weekly releases help reduce subscriber churn. This is a quote from an Insights Analyst. By dropping an episode (laughs) once a week, streamers are more likely to keep subscribers on the platform for longer, where they might find other content they like and stay long-term. For example, Disney's new streaming series, Loki, premiered last week in its first installment of six episodes that will be released weekly on Wednesdays. Um, And that show follows other Marvel-inspired shows like WandaVision and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, And then The Mandalorian, which happened in 2019 and was released in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And this article said that um, Disney, HBO Max, Amazon Prime Video, and Apple Plus, and others have experimented with more weekly streaming releases um, for dozens of popular series. While Netflix has experimented with both binge and weekly releases in recent years, executives have made it clear that they don't have any plans to ditch the all-at-once release strategy anytime soon Hmm. because they've gotten a lot of feedback from people like like that. So they're not going to stop doing that. But... uh, yeah, I feel yes. like of all the services too, Netflix is probably the one that people are going to hold on to no matter what. I of, agree. As of right now, because mm-hmm. they just seem to have the most content. But. Yeah. So I thought this was interesting um, because I don't really want all the shows to go back to being released yeah. weekly because I like being able to binge stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also don't like how they pointed out that it's a strategy to like keep you subscribed right. to a platform for longer. Dirty. Cause that like just that. feels, di- yeah, that that's totally something that like Disney would do. I feel like, mm-hmm. and is like doing. is doing, yeah. Like strategically just like, Oh, well all the shows we're just going to release them gradually. So you can't just like subscribe and like binge something and then be like, yeah, okay, I'm done. I just wanted to watch that and then stop paying us. Right. And that actually, yeah. Cause that probably makes sense for something too, like Disney plus where there's like, a bunch of stuff on there where I would just watch it all in one go and then unsubscribe, yeah. which is honestly probably what I'll do eventually with all the shows once they're released in full. Yeah. <laughs> so jokes on you, Disney. Kind of, You're just keeping my that's money. That's how away I feel too. I mean, I've done that with HBO in the past. Mm-hmm. Although I yeah. actually have HBO right now, but I know I, I have, have. That's the problem. Is I the have them all and I <laughs> and I never I unsubscribe from because it's more work than just keeping. It's more work than just keeping them. But like I have done that with HBO in the past. Like subscribed for a while, watched certain content, and then unsubscribed, and then mm-hmm. waited until like more stuff was out, and then did it again instead yeah. of just paying every month. Because I know it's like, Hulu, Hulu does this with The Handmaid's Tale. They release month, weekly, but I think they've always done that with The Handmaid's Tale. Yes, so I, don't know. I think it's also like one of the only things I watch on there. Hulu, I barely watch anything on Hulu, but a lot of their stuff is weekly because it's also like mirroring like the cable networks mm-hmm. kind of 
shows, right? Cause yeah, because like a, a lot of them, it's like they like, air on a, a, uh, ABC or NBC, and then they like, well, not NBC anymore because now they have Peacock, which what, uh, is ridiculous. Sorry. Um, but cr- yeah, but yeah. stuff would air, and then they would post on Hulu like the next day kind of thing, right? Right. So so I feel like they're more used they're to They're kind of mirroring <laughs> that with, thing, with their original series, I guess. Anyway. Anyway. I don't like it. Don't do I don't it. really like it. Uh, but apparently Netflix isn't going to just like ditch the, you know, binge watching culture. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Then I'll keep, I'll keep Netflix then <laughs> and all the other ones, because let's be honest. My first story is world news. This is a real quick one. This is from the guardian. World's third largest diamond discovered in Botswana. Ooh. It's a big diamond. And there is a picture of it. Um, The diamond firm Debswana has announced the discovery in Botswana of a uh, 1,098-carat stone that it described as the third largest of its kind in the world. Um, And of its kind means, like, of gem quality. Like, Mm. it's uh, got enough clarity or whatever to actually be cut down to something um, Debswana is apparently a combination of like De Beers and Botswana, and there's like a oh, it's just a portmanteau, which hmm. I thought was kind of interesting. Okay, um, the company's acting managing director Lynette Armstrong presented the stone, which was found on June 1st, to the country's president uh, Mogwitsi Masisi on Wednesday. It is the third largest in the world, behind the 3,106 carat Cullinan found in South Africa in 1905. And the 1,109 carat Lissetti Lorona uh, discovered in Botswana in 2015. So it's just a little bit smaller than the second place one, but much, much smaller than the, the biggest one that we found. Oh, okay, um, okay. And the stone is yet to be named, but measures 73 by 52 by 27 millimeters, which I did, the, I did the conversion <laughs> because... <laughs> I know we've historically struggled with metric. Uh, it is that's about two point seven by two by one inch. Um, so if that helps you visualize wow. it, at all. though I can help you visualize it even more because there's a picture of it. <laughs> is there a banana for scale? <laughs> no, but there is a person holding it. So okay, there's a person for scale. Wow. Yeah, that's really big. It's quite large. Um. And it looks pretty clear too. So, I'm, yeah, actually, I'm not sure if they'll cut it down or what. But it's. A, I hope they leave it. Yeah, I don't know what they typically do with these enormous diamonds. Yeah, I don't if know they either. Would, like, put it in a museum. Put it in a museum where it belongs. They probably won't. They'll probably sell it and name it after an animal like the pink panther. Except it'll be the white snow leopard. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you got it on the first try. <laughs> My next story is technology news. This is from fastcompany.com. The headline is, this self-healing concrete automatic, automatically fills in cracks. That sounds good. Yes. So, um, when a crack forms in this new type of concrete, the material can begin to fill in the gap itself. With like no outside interference, this process uses an enzyme found in red blood cells to make uh, the concrete much more durable and help shrink the concrete industry's giant carbon footprint. Because 
it explains why that is, but okay. Basically, <laughs> the whole idea of the, this research was done in this material because if concrete can repair itself, then it will last longer and won't have to be replaced as much. So that's like reducing the demand for the production of it and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, by one recent estimate, concrete is responsible for around 9% of global CO2 emissions around the world. So that's a pretty big chunk, actually, yeah, just that one right. material. That's quite a bit, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also said in this article that if the if the industry was a country, it would be the third largest climate polluter in the world. Mm. <laughs> Which is like, hmm, mm. That's not maybe great. Uh, we should think about this. Yeah. So some early experimental self-healing concrete actually used bacteria to make repairs, but that process is slow and bacteria is expensive. And also, it could potentially pose safety issues, <laughs> which I guess <laughs> which makes is sense. Kind of the point of of allowing for the self healing is to uh, prevent safety yeah, issues, right? So, a so this team, this research team, made this new concrete material with carbonic anhydrase, which is the same enzyme that transfers CO two from cells into the bloodstream. When this enzyme is added to concrete powder. It helps the material turn CO2 in the atmosphere into calcium carbonate crystals. And then, like, if a crack forms the material, that calcium carbonate, like, fills it in automatically somehow. So That sounds like magic. It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this research was published in the journal Applied Materials Today. Which is where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they also noted here that the, this... The this team is working on like a like a spray or something. They they you could like spray a solution of this enzyme stuff like into existing concrete and it would like fill it. Oh, perfect for my my driveway is full of crap. Yeah. so that would be <laughs> there. You, be there ideal. you go. You just buy a spray bottle, magic concrete filler, and there then just go. like spritz, 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 yeah. and then it would like Even prepare I can itself. That. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Yeah. All right. My next story is health news. This is from medpagetoday.com, which sounded a little sketch, but it seemed like they were actually referring to an actual uh, uh, study, though the study has not yet been peer-reviewed, so take it with as much salt as that requires. Um, (laughs) So the headline is, COVID and flu vaccines play nice together. I thought this was some some nice COVID-related news. Um, So Novavax's COVID-19 vaccine candidate appeared to show uh, comparable efficacy when co-administered with the influenza vaccine in a sub-study from one of its clinical trials, according to researchers. Um, A post hoc analysis of a small subgroup of participants ages 18 to 64 who received both vaccines found COVID vaccine efficacy was 87.5%, while the efficacy in the entire uh, population of that age group in the main study was 89.8%. So it lowered it a teeny tiny, like the efficacy a teeny tiny bit when you had both, um, oh. but not like a clinically relevant or a clin- a, what do they call it? Clinically meaningful amount. Um, so there was no change in influenza vaccination antibody response. So influ- the influenza vaccine was just as effective when co-administered. Hmm. Um, but like I said, there was a slight reduction in the COVID-19 vaccine efficacy, but again, not clinically meaningful. Like it was still extremely effective. Hmm. Um, almost more importantly though, local uh, reactogenicity, 
which is apparently the fancy term for like your local reaction to something like where the injection shot. Oh, the injection like at the, at the injection. Okay. Um, they said it was either mild or largely absent among those who received both vaccines and systemic reactogenicity, um, which is how your whole body responds, uh, was similar across both the both groups. So group the group that got the vaccine or both vaccines and the group that only received the COVID vaccine. Hmm. Um, so this, they, the authors wrote, this is the first study to demonstrate the safety, immunogenicity, I don't know why I cannot say that word, and efficacy profile of a COVID-19 vaccine when co-administered with a seasonal influenza vaccine. Um, they urged additional study of co-administering influenza and COVID-19 vaccines, especially in the older population, um, since this was limited to people 18 to 64, and the people mm. who were obviously most affected by COVID are above that age group. Mm-hmm. Um, and they indicated on their manuscript that they have submitted this data to the Lancet for peer review. So hopefully it'll be a peer-reviewed study before too long. But I just thought that was interesting yeah. because, I mean, there's been talk of, like, we may need this to be, like, a yearly thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And will it be safe to administer these vaccines at the same time as the uh, flu vaccine. Yeah, I hadn't heard that that was like a topic of discussion. Like, I wouldn't even have thought anything of like, oh, I'll just get them together or get both or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's good that they're actually studying it. Yeah, of course, this is like a study limited to one of the vaccines that isn't even actually like uh, widely available yet. Mm. And also, it was a, I think it was like a hundred people in this group, so a pretty small. Oh, sample okay, that's size. pretty small. That's but, really small. So actually. there's a lot of limitations to the study, and yeah. there's, there's more numbers in the actual article. Um, but it's like a good first step, a good mm-hmm. first thing to check. I, yeah, there's no like red flags do... so far. It seems like exactly. so that's good. Yeah, there wasn't like oh gosh, this had a horrible reaction or like completely yeah. like they canceled each other out or something yeah. crazy like that. <laughs> um, nothing like that. It just it it does seem like seem like it will be uh, reasonable to have both at the same time. All right, my next story is entertainment news. This is from TechCrunch.com. This is just a short story. Uh, The headline is Spotify launches its live audio app and clubhouse rival called Spotify Green Room. Okay. (laughs) I'm laughing at Anthony's expression right now, which you cannot see with the people listening to this. I'll wait for more details. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really laughing. Okay. Spotify has announced the launch of Spotify Greenroom, a new mobile app that allows Spotify users worldwide to join or host live audio rooms and optionally turn those conversations into podcasts, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's also announcing a creator fund that will help fuel the new app with more content in the future. Uh, to join the new app, Spotify users can just sign in with their current Spotify account um, and then they'll be walked through an onboarding experience designed to connect them with their interests. For the time being, the process of finding audio programs to listen to relies primarily on users joining groups inside the app. Um, but eventually, the plan is for Greenroom to leverage Spotify's personalization technology to better connect users to content that they want to hear. So I went and installed this okay. earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks exactly like Clubhouse. Like, it's literally the exact same thing. Okay. So I just logged in with my Spotify account, and then it was like, oh, it's just another topics. club. Do you like these? And, yeah, uh, and then it was just one screen that was like, Cho- click the topics that you are interested in. I was like, okay. So I clicked the topics, and then it just went to this, like, scrolling of all these things. And I was just like, I don't know. 
Nope. What is even... I don't want this. I I didn't want it with Clubhouse. I don't want it for Spotify. I think Twitter's also working on something similar. They are? Yeah. Why is this... Everyone's treating this like the next huge thing. I I mean, it's like... Okay, I... Did you actually try out Clubhouse? Kind of. Okay. Because I also just, I guess, kind of tried it. It was like... I think it's a cool idea. It's just... A weird thing to have on all the time. And I forget mm. if we talked about this in real life or on the podcast. Probably it was a real life conversation. But <laughs> it's it kind of gave me the feeling of like I was at a conference that was just never ending. Yeah. So like, That's pretty much what it is. Like, okay, I like going to conferences and listening to panel discussions about certain topics for a certain period of time. I do that for my job. I've done that outside of my job too. Mm-hmm. That's fun to do. But this was like as if that was happening, but it never ends. And it's just like, do people want that? I just like, I, I just, I, I think don't that understand. would just be so mentally exhausting to be constantly in this app, right? In these like rooms where you're listening to, I don't know, maybe. I think I that's know. the thing is, I don't understand who this is for. Like, what is the audience for it's this? Very it's just like edu- people who like to hear each other talk. Like, that's <laughs> the stuff that I looked at on clubhouse was like educational. Like it was like, it was like panel disc. It was like places where you could actually ask a question to a panel of experts. Okay. Like how they have, like literally like at a conference, like how they have that, like, Oh, come to this panel on pick your topic. I don't know. Gardening, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then there's like these experts and you can go up and ask them questions and they present about topic. It was like, that was happening, but it was live and anybody could just join and you can get in like a queue to ask the people a question. Yeah. So like, that's cool. It's just like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be doing that like every night of my life, you know, like a, it's not like a normal social media app where you kind of just right. want to like, like log on a, and see things like it's kind of a time investment. And you kind of have to know like when things are happening. And yeah. It's yeah. just, I don't know. Also, and maybe this is like my biggest gripe with it is like it would give me a notification like this person just joined. You want to welcome them. And if you like accidentally tap the notification, it throws you into a room. Oh. With like other people welcoming that person. Oh my gosh. And it just scared the it just scared me so badly when I when it happened oh, the no. first time. And it, it happened multiple times because I kept forgetting what they did or like I was trying to dismiss it and I accidentally entered it. And it was just it, it's just a stress I don't inducer think that for happened me. To so me. maybe that maybe that's my actual my actual issue with it. I, I will say that the, the notifications were immediately like, this is insane and overwhelming and I had to turn off all notifications. Yeah, I, I think like, I just I can't deleted deal with the this. app if I and then I stopped it. looking at it. So, um, but yeah, I well, just, now I, other- <laughs> I don't like I don't like phone calls either, and I don't want a, fo- a group phone call either. Like that just doesn't yeah. feel to me. So. I, I I tend to not do phone calls like that either. So that's why it's like, but it's just funny because like you and I both listen to podcasts, and I right. think that they the people that are doing these apps are thinking like, oh, all the people that like podcasts will like this. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a live podcast. It's, it's, it's like, like, that's no. not really what it is like. I don't know. <laughs> it's Unless not it was the like same. somebody I want to, like I know from a podcast, maybe I would want to do this. And like, if it's a platform yeah. for them doing a live podcast, but that's never what it is. It's like marketing people. And I'm just like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. If there was like a celebrity or somebody, or even just somebody from, yeah, just somebody from a podcast or somebody that you normally listen to and on some other platform right. and they're doing like, some type of live discussion thing Mm -hmm. that would be cool yeah and maybe what that's what all these companies are thinking is like oh we'll be the one that like actually starts attracting like celebrities doing rooms and then that'll actually be a thing but i don't know right now it's just like it sounds like spotify does want to sort of connect this up with the people that Mm -hmm. host podcasts on their platform so yeah 
We'll see. I don't know. But I did download it and looked at it because I was curious. I was like, okay, what is it? It's just, it's the same it's thing. Just it's literally the same yeah. thing right now. So. All right. This episode not brought to you by <laughs> Spotify or Clubhouse. <laughs> hey, if that appeals to you, then great. Go for it. Um, I, I like, I found it fascinating. I just was like, I'm not going to be on this like every day yeah. or something. It was, yeah. Anyway, fun new apps. Yay. <laughs> My next story is, uh, this can't be right, sports news? <laughs> you brought a sports news? <laughs> the other two yeah, times that's... we've done sports news, I feel like I always brought the story. Is yeah. that true? I don't know. That's probably true. It just seems like it. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is from Bleacher Report. Um, <laughs> and it's barely sports news, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh Coca-Cola market value falls $4 billion after uh, Cristiano Ronaldo removes bottles for water. (laughs) So he had, like, a couple of bottles of Coke at, like, a press conference, and he, like, moved them off off camera and brought out a bottle of water instead. (laughs) And it caused caused Coca-Cola's market share to drop by $4 billion. (laughs) Or market value, not market share. Um... But, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, so, what is the world today? This is why the stock market is not <laughs> like a re. It's not. It's not actually correlated to anything real, right? <laughs> it's just feelings. Yeah, like that's all it is. <laughs> the stock market is feelings, but money. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, the uh, it's. Like I said, he was starting a press conference. He moved, There were two Coke bottles on there. Coke was a sponsor of this event as well. Um, and he moved them out of the way, pulled up a bottle of water, and said agua in uh, his native Portu- Portuguese. So uh, it says that was enough for Coca-Cola's value to fall from $242 billion to $238 billion. So they're fine. Um, but, yeah, that, this is why I'm laughing. Because so, they're totally fine still. But <laughs> yeah, It's not like they're going to go out of business because of that. In a statement, for some reason, Coca-Cola said, everyone is entitled to their drink preferences, <laughs> which is like, I it, I guess there's like no hard feelings, but it also sounds, that's a little petty, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, uh, UEFA, the Union of European Football Association, Associations, uh, announced in September of 2019 that Coca-Cola had signed on as the official non-alcoholic beverage sponsor for Euro 2020, which I guess is some soccer thing. Hmm. Um, <laughs> clearly not the person to be reporting on this. Um, a UEFA spokesperson added that players are provided with Coke, Coke Zero Sugar, and water at official press conferences. Uh, notably absent is Diet Coke, which is, of course, the best Coke product. Yeah, wait a minute. Where's the Diet Coke? Yeah. Coca-Cola Zero? Yeah. What no- about Diet Coke? Nobody wants Coca-Cola Zero. Um, but, uh... Yeah, so just the power. He, it's the video is kind of funny. It's literally just him moving these two Coca Cola bottles off screen and then picking up water. Like, yeah, it's totally yeah, like nothing. Yep. And that's why the stock market isn't real. That's <laughs> the what stock market is pretend. Money is pretend. Currency isn't real. Like a bunch of people were like watching that. Like, oh yeah, I have stock in Coke. Maybe I'll sell that today. Okay, cool. Just because, like, there's not what the, yep. that no, that was not a statement against Coke. It was nope. nothing <laughs> actually an, changed you about. Just don't want Coke, and I get it. I, I don't find it to be like a like a refreshing beverage necessarily. It just tastes good. Yeah, like I think it's like a 
it can be refreshing in, in that you could eat it with a meal as a it's a cold pop. You right, know what I mean? But, but, I not, but like, not like not after, after you were a, a workout or something. Like yeah. after, yeah. I, I don't think you drink. want anything carbonated after a workout or something. That just yeah, that seems like weird to me. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, I guess we're, what we're saying is we're on uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's side mm-hmm. in this uh, in this battle, and also money isn't real. Yep. All right, it's time for our breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Ready, set, go! go. Okay, this is um, on the website hyperallergic.com. Don't ask me how I found this because I... I feel like not this sure isn't how the first I, how time you've, led me here. you've brought something from this website, too. Oh. And it wasn't, it's not about allergies. It's not. It has nothing to do with allergies. <laughs> the headline is, people want Jeff Bezos to buy the Mona Lisa and eat it. So somebody st- Stop <laughs> also, it. Also, is it for sure, is it Bezos or Bezos? I don't know. I hear it both ways all the time. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Bo Burnham pronounces it Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, I know. So. That, now I'm like, wait, I don't know. Whatever. He's, he's I don't my care. authority on everything. So. If Bezos is wrong, I don't care. I'm just going to pronounce that way because that's what I want to do. <laughs> somebody started, somebody started like an online petition that says like <laughs> that Jeffrey Bezos should buy the Mona Lisa and eat the painting. And like thousands of people have signed it <laughs> and are commenting on it. Like things like, this is the most important peti- petition in modern times and all this like <laughs> sarcastic stuff. <laughs> like Somebody said, I can't even read this. Nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. I can- Somebody wrote "gobble Delisa." <laughs> doesn't even make any. It's not what that doesn't make any sense. Somebody it's, there's not wrote, even a "duh" in there. It's, it's, a, just, it's available online anyway. We don't really need the original anymore. Oh my gosh, that's like so stupid. They wrote at the end of this article. It must be noted that it's not recommended for anyone to eat an oil painting. <laughs> <laughs> Does, must it be said? I, I, uh. Oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. This is just so weird. Like we've what had the, is I think, the internet today. Yeah, I, I think, just don't know. I think we can all agree we've had the internet for long enough, <laughs> and somebody should take it away from somebody us. Is, <laughs> people have crossed a line with the internet. Yeah. I think sometimes. So I don't think. Uh, how much would the Mona Lisa even cost? It's not for it's, sale. It's priceless. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's literally priceless. a priceless work of art. It's like the most priceless. Mm. There's multiple priceless works of art in this world, and I think that one is the most priceless one. Yeah. I would argue. When you think of painting, you think of the Mona Lisa. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, ugh. Stop it, people. Nobody can buy it. Get offline. The Louvre Go is going to have it forever. <sighs> it's going to be protected behind its glass wall or whatever. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's all. Print out a picture of it and eat it, Jeff Bezos. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know like where this came from. Like, well, he would have the money. That's probably the main. <laughs> oh, the main reason. Because oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's just the whole. I just. I, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is from Gizmodo. Ghostly deep sea fish surprises scientists again. 
it can live for 100 years. Whoa! Um, so the ghostly deep sea fish that they're referring to is, of course, the coelacanth. The coelacanth! Everybody's favorite. We thought this was extinct until we caught one, and now we actually know they're still down there and alive. Coelacanths are so cool. Um, they are. They're one one of many deep sea creatures that I have a, an appreciation for. Uh, the fish's whole lifespan, in, in addition to living for a century, they apparently the whole lifespan of the fish appears to be kind of like elongated. They spend five years in the womb. What five years what? in the womb? Uh, the like the next uh, closest, or at least the the longest uh, land animal like b- birth or a uh, pregnancy period is like twenty two months, which is the Indian elephant, mm. which is almost two years. But this is still it doesn't even compare to this. Um, and they say they don't actually fully mature until at least age forty five. So they're still considered wow. like juvenile or like at least not like fully developed until they're forty five years old. Um, previous, previous estimates had guessed that they were, um, they had, they lived about 20 years. So this is, uh, not that obvious. This is all based on an inspection of the animal scales under polarized light. Um, because the scales of the coelacanth grow in rings for each year of the animal's life. Oh, well, there of you like go. A, sort of like a tree. <laughs> yeah. So looking at them under a, a microscope, they were able to determine the creature's actual age. Uh, they looked at nearly 30 different specimens, the oldest of which was 84 years old. Um, and they determined, determined from looking at the age of all these specimens, the uh, maturity thing, where they don't mature until age 45. Um, yeah. And uh, like I said, the fish the fish was known from fossils and was presumed to have been extinct since the Cretaceous period until a fisherman in South Africa pulled up a live specimen in 1938. So it was actually not that recently that... We've hmm. discovered it. I thought it was sooner than that for some reason, but either way. Yeah. Much more recent than 66 million years ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Much more recent. But yeah. I love these things. They're so weird. And though of the deep sea fish, they at least kind of look like a fish. Yeah. And aren't, so they're not that weird in that respect, but they have like these like weird fins coming off of different places yeah. of their bodies than like any other living fish like the, like, f- the fins the fin placement is what's weird about them right like and the I, body is kind of normal for a I sea th- creature i think their scales are hard and they also have like bones that like like bony they're like a bony fish um as opposed to something cartilaginous oh okay um which is and they're quite large for a bony fish, I think. So, anyway, they're fascinating. <laughs> they have a hundred years to get larger, so that kind of makes sense. And uh, yeah, coelacanths. Thank you, Animal Crossing, for introducing me to coelacanths <laughs> and several video games since for teaching me more about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. Somebody's going to be like, oh, I see... Alex just joined the room and be like, I don't know you people. (laughs) But luckily I never had to do that.